Welcome to Season 3 of the Roots of American Music Podcast. My name is Clint Holly, and I will be your host. Season 3 will be called the Akron Heritage Music Project. And thanks to grants from the Knight Foundation and the GAR Foundation, we will explore the history of Akron, Ohio through music and song. Episode 1 is going to focus on the GAR Hall in Peninsula, Ohio. Peninsula, Ohio lies about 15 miles north of Akron and forms a bridge between Akron, Ohio and Cleveland. It was strategically located on the Ohio and Erie Canal and even to this day is a connector via the Towpath Trail, which stretches between Akron, Ohio and the Lake Erie shoreline. Today we interview Karen James Walters, the Artistic Director of the GAR Foundation and the Executive Director of the Peninsula Foundation. Our musical guest today is Rachel Brown, a fiery chanteuse and frequent performer at the GAR Hall who melds rock, country, blues, and soul into her own mix through her writing and performances. Let's meet Karen James Walters and find out more about this historic place in Peninsula, Ohio. My name's Karen James Walters, and I'm the executive director of the, the Peninsula Foundation. I'm also the artistic director for the GAR Hall. And roughly nine years ago, um, I, I used to work in marketing in the Yellow Pages business with, with graphic designers, and they sent all our graphic design work to the Dominican Republic. And I laughed when my boss told me, because I said, well, that's kind of a long commute. Right. <laughs> I don't really think I want to go there. So we, um, I lost my job. I went to the Peninsula Foundation. I've lived in Peninsula. My family has been there for six generations. And I just asked them if they needed any help while I was looking for a job. And they asked me if I would clean the GAR hall. Okay. <laughs> and I said, sure. That sounded like a great thing to do. I thought they would want me to do some marketing, but not so much. No, they, no, they needed a helping hand in other ways. <laughs> yeah, right? Not so much. So, um, so I started cleaning the GAR hall, and uh, I came from... Uh, a musical family. Um, my dad had a bluegrass band, and um, I think he was a better singer than um, than Hank Williams, which wow, is what I okay. grew up on. He just had <laughs> he had an incredible voice, but he always just instilled music. In fact, um, when he passed away, my I, I just had all these comments from friends who said, "We are just going to so miss your dad's music," and so when I was in the hall, I would sing because I was cleaning, and it just. The hall just, it's a, it was built in 1851 right. as our town schoolhouse. It's an all-wood structure, very high ceilings, domed ceilings, and it just has an incredible acoustic quality to it. And so I, you know, gathered up my dust bit, <laughs> my, my duster. Your piles yeah. from that day, right? <laughs> I went over and... Uh, and talked to the people in charge at the foundation and said, you know, would you let me start a music program? And they were reluctant at first because they had other vision for what the hall would be. And um, I persisted, and they allowed me to have some shows out on the patio, okay. which is how it started. And then we started an open mic session, and, you know, I moved in when it got cold <laughs> off of right. the patio. And then it has just grown and blossomed from there. And 
Um, we do a, we we support a lot of local musicians as well as we do national and international acts that come through. And that's the Voices in the Valley program. Voices in is the that, Valley right? program. So right. you worked your way up from being the janitor yeah, to, the to the executive booking director, agent, and now you're the executive yeah. director. It was quite a climb. <laughs> Because <laughs> you kept showing up. Right? That's you know, right, Your right. persistence paid right. off, right? So let's put the GAR Hall into a couple contexts. Let's uh, geographically, where mm-hmm. is the GAR Hall? It at? is. It it has a great location. It is in the little village of Peninsula, which is the heart of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. We have roughly 560 permanent residents and over two million visitors. Wow. A year. So it's right on Route 303 on the intersection of Riverview and 303. It's about 30 minutes from Cleveland and about 17 to 20 minutes from Akron and about 20 minutes from Kent. Okay. So we have a a really great geographic area for people to come to. It's easily accessible to highways. And um, like I said, we only have 125 seats, so it's pretty easy to fill, fill it up. Fill those seats up, yeah. right, which always feels good, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And now, um, in, its, in its past, it was part of the, the canal system, right? Well, the peninsula was. Mm-hmm. The GAR, um, it stands for Grand Army of the Republic. Mm-hmm. It was originally, the building was built as our town schoolhouse in 1851, and in the late 1860s, it was given to the GAR, which was a fraternal order for Civil War vets. Okay. So it served as a meeting place for Civil War like vets. Like a social club for yeah. them to get together and right. have picnics or right. you know, whatever. And it was given to the VFW after that organization kind of somewhat faded away. And um, Peninsula used it as a number of different things. It was a basketball court. At one time, really? <laughs> yeah, it was used. The Peninsula Players used it before they moved to the Peninsula Players Barn, so there was a lot of theater. Okay, there. Um, it also, I don't have the. I say this. This is a fact that that we claim. I don't know that we have a lot of real details, but they say the first motion picture in North in Summit County was played there. Oh, really? Stage. Okay. Yeah. And it does have a pretty great screen that drops down. From right. Because of the way the ceiling is that yeah. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's an all cloth screen that, that comes down and it's great. It's on these, these pulleys, this whole pulley system that oh, wow. all, it almost takes like two people to wrap it back up. <laughs> Now, these days, you just have a little remote control, yeah. and you just press yeah, a button, exactly. right? <laughs> and it's got big knots on the rope that they're notched into the side thing to hold to it hold up. To hold it in place? Yeah. Wow. It's it's just, uh, the, the room just reeks of history, you right. know, when you walk in. But, um, yeah, that's where the GAR connection came from. Now, as far as the canal system, back in the Civil War days, it was, it was customary when one of the town's... Um, sons of the towns would go into war, the town would give them a, a sword and they would name the GAR after um, that person. That person. And that person in our town was George Lawson Waterman. Okay. And his family owned what now is Heritage Farms, okay. the Christmas tree place really? okay. on Riverview. They also owned two of the stone quarries and he came... Um, into Peninsula, he he harvested a lot of trees and it, off of that property, and he he built what what soon became the largest canal boat 
operation on the river. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that was his business where he made his, I don't want to say fortune, but he was wealthy. Okay. And um, the the canal was used as a, a source of commerce in a way that 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 it um, you know people could get goods from to all different parts of the country. And one of the things that they that they transported were these stones. Right. And the um, the stones that are mined out of those quarries became the building blocks for both Cleveland and Akron and other communities. They eventually started to mine uh, a special kind of grist stone that they would send to communities for flour for production mills, and right? mills. Yeah, um, they said at one time, just for a small time, but Peninsula had a larger population than even Cleveland. Really? Yeah, we had fourteen bars. I said I read it. it was pretty rough and tumble. It was there, pretty rough right? and tumble. <laughs> right. And my great grandmother, great great grandmother ran a canal boat. Really? Yeah. And she and she said our family history says that when she was in in the town of Boston, if she didn't think she could make it to the town of Everett and had to stay over in Peninsula, she'd stay in Boston. To there avoid was, yeah, there was no way she was going in there. And during the last segment of the interview, Karen pointed out the fact that there was uh, quarries in the area of Peninsula. And these uh, stones that they pulled out of these quarries were transported both to Cleveland and Akron. And sometimes that area is called the building blocks of Akron. So I want to take that idea and expand on that in terms of how Peninsula is still a building block. And in this case, it's the building block of the Northeast Ohio music scene. The programs that Karen implemented at the GAR Hall have become a real foundation in the area for musicians uh, locally, regionally, and nationally to come and play in this hall. And they can seat, as she said, 125 people, and they sell these shows out. And it's become a place for artists to really build a crowd. And our musical guest today, Rachel Brown, has become one of the flagship artists at the hall by playing there regularly over the years with her band, the Beatnik Playboys, as well as playing in another program that Karen is going to describe later on in the podcast called Sisters in Song. Prior to the COVID pandemic, the Roots of American Music podcast would go on the road and record artists in these historic locations. Now, the pandemic made a lot of this more complicated. So what we've done now is we are bringing all the artists to a centralized location, a place called Akron Recording Company, which is actually in another historic building with giant uh, sandstone blocks as its foundation, which we envisioned could possibly have come from these quarries in Peninsula. At the end of October, Rachel and the Beatnik Playboys were kind enough to stop by Akron Recording Company and do a live stream from the Roots of American Music Facebook page. The entire show can still be seen on the Roots of American Music page, so please stop by, take a look. But for the podcast, we're going to break out a couple songs, some of my favorite performances from the evening, and this first one is from her 2017 release called Look Who's Back. The name of the song is Blue Diamond. Touch made the flame ignite He got the answers he was searching for And left that night with me wanting more Ooh, 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 oo
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Now, when you developed the the Voices in the Valley series, what was your mission? What was your idea behind that? Well, you you know, working for the foundation, the building was mostly used for for weddings Mm -hmm. and for community events. And I just felt it was so beautiful that it should be opened up more to the public, that there should be more people who could come in and see this because the architecture is beautiful. The like I said, the acoustics, acoustics are everything amazing, about right? it are just, is just beautiful. And um, I love music. I came from a family of right. musicians, and um, 
I loved my dad very much, and he just instilled such a love for music with me that it sounds kind of hokey, but every time I go in there, I feel like he's right there with me. Nice, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that, that's important. Yeah, really I is. do. I, I think he had my back on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that that was kind of, you know, and we are a nonprofit, so it was never really the thought that this was going to be um you know we don't look at things as that it's that it's making a lot of money Money, right we look at it as that we're supporting the arts so if you support the arts your main thing that you do is you support the community including the artists who make the art and you raise everybody's quality of life also right not only the artists because they're getting paid but the people who enjoy music and exactly you have a building that's now not derelict like yeah i mean there's i'm i can't tell you how many people have said i have driven past this building and it is very nondescript on the outside right it looks like a little schoolhouse it does look like a schoolhouse yeah (laughs) i mean it looks like exactly what it was but when you walk in it's very grand right yeah before Rachel's live stream, I got to sit down with her for just a few moments to talk to her about her interaction with the GAR Hall over the years and how she got started, and more than anything, why she keeps coming back. So let's hear a little bit about that from uh, Rachel Brown. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with that and what your experience has been there over the years, because I know you just go back there over and over <laughs> again. So there's got to be something really special about it. It is. Well, first of all, the, the sound of the hall is amazing. But I got involved with it when they first opened. I played there with Hillbilly Idol. Okay. It's like one of the first shows they had. And then um, wasn't too, so- too long after that we, the Beatniks, we, we went in as a, a band. And that was, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been quite a while. But right. Yeah, and I just, I just, I'm very lucky. People keep coming back and we get, we get invited <laughs> back and... Then I've been lucky to play there with the Sisters in Song. That was my next with question. Becky Boyd and Christine Jackson. I've played there with David Mayfield. I've done a bunch of their tribute shows. I just, yeah, I'm just lucky. And so you're not going to stop going back there anytime soon. Oh, hell no. <laughs> now, the Sisters in Song thing I think is really interesting. And I, I talked to Karen a little bit about this, about, you know, getting women out there. And right. So tell me a little bit about it's the camaraderie. Power. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about the camaraderie that it, goes along with that. It's really weird because we got together for like a benefit show. The initial like, you know, it's like, okay, we're doing this one benefit show. And we had so much fun. Right. I mean, this is probably close to five years ago. I mean, so much fun doing it. And, you know, it's we come from different backgrounds and different, you know, different types of music. Music, right. And But when we're together, it's like it's the same. Now, when you, you guys, know? I've never been to one of those. So what, do you guys... Is it like a in the round kind of thing? It is, is in it, the yeah. round. We 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 each do our own songs, and then we do songs all together, together with the harmony and all that stuff. And then we have Emma Shook on violin from the Cleveland Orchestra. So oh, she's wow. another oddball out compared. You know, we're all like different, right? But we all come with the same thing. Where music's in our heart, you know, and we just love it. Right. <laughs> and then we have fun, and so sometimes it's really casual, and that's kind of part of the joy of it. Right. You never quite know what's going to be said or sung or <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's nice. that's, it's very spontaneous. And I know you promote a lot of women artists and you even have series like devoted to that. So talk a little bit about, you know, your feelings on diversity and and that that particular series that, that you do um with the uh, Rachel and some of the other artists. Mm-hmm. The Sisters in Song. Sisters in Song. Yeah, yeah. it slipped my mind there for a second. Yeah. Um, well, 
you know, I, I just like to be inclusive right. of every, every form. Um, women, I, I'm, I think that there's, there's actually a four sister in song. I, I, I consider myself the fifth sister and that's, you know, you, you just get these like relationships with the artists where when you're back in the green room and you're, and you know, you're talking, you understand their struggle. You, you learn about their family and all of these different things, but you know, um, Diver we're working on some more of the diversity issues. Right. And I think because our focus is traditional roots music, mm -hmm. we're not folk music. We right. don't, we don't, we're not country music. We're not rock music. You know, we don't, we don't pigeonhole ourselves into that because all music has a roots. Right. You know, it all started somewhere. Right. And it's all evolved into something else. And I think that that if you if you stay open minded about that and sometimes you take some chances on right. some things you you can you can reach a lot of people and make them feel like they're a part of a part of it women in music you you mentioned women i right. mean look at rihanna giddens i mean right. you know she just, look look at some of the strides that people have made as far as women in music right. and i think women now compared to like the early days, like say country music. Sure. Um, like look at like Loretta Lynn. Right. She's like notorious for being the trailblazer. Right. You know, um, I think women have always gotten their voice in music. Right. And and I think they play a lot on the same playing field. And you even see them like Rachel. She's the leader of the band. Right. You making know? the decisions. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, it's it's all good. It's, Let's jump into the present a little bit and talk about how yeah. uh, the COVID pandemic oh. has impacted you and, and um, how it has been challenging and created opportunities all at the same time. So sure. tell us a little bit about, uh, and also obviously you're very passionate about live music. So tell us what a world would be like if live venues were shut down forever because A, they can't survive or, right. or we can't get together as people. Well, I'll take you back to the, the day, March 11th, when um, I called my board and I said, I think we have to close. And, and they said, yeah, I think you probably do. Right. You know, we're behind you on that decision. I had an artist, Karen Casey, who was in route um, from Ireland. And she came in and I told her, and I remember... The day after we were supposed to have the show, I still, you know, she was still staying in one of our properties and crying with her on the phone because she had no way to get home. Wow. They shut off the travel. They shut off all of her, her, the, the, her continuing her tour, which she was, it was right before, as you know, um, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Right. And so her big part of her tour was actually going to be in Boston and New York. Wow. And that was her money part of her tour. <laughs> right. So she had no way really how to get home. It was, it was, and then there were other artists who were just in route that I had to cancel on the way. And, and at that point, the system that I had, I had to refund every order, you know, right. refund, refund. So just the enormity as I was doing all that just really hit me in thinking about that, you know, I was canceling people's livelihood. Right. It wasn't just the livelihood of the GAR hall. It was the it was these artists that this is how they make their living. And 
and what what was this going to mean? And as this has as this has gone forward, it's meant a long time, right? A long time without work, and um, you know. So what do you do as somebody who manages a, a venue? You start to think about how you can change that, right? And how you can make a difference. And um, what we have started to do is. Um, as part of the CARES Act, um, which I'm very appreciative for, the Akron Community Foundation and the Ohio Arts Council have offered grants for specifically COVID-related. Like, it's not for paying artists, it's not for paying employees, but how can you reinvent yourself a little bit right. to survive in COVID? Right. And what things are you going to need, right down to sanitizing Right. You know, hand sanitizers, additional cleaning products. You can ask for funds for that. I decided to ask for funds to get some professional camera equipment and different things that we could do so we could do live streaming of the shows, which I think, you know, um, I was not crazy about doing it at first because I've always been such an advocate of going to see a show. You know, there's nothing like feeling that right. bass playing in your heart. <laughs> you got to get out of your house at some That's point. That's right. right? <laughs> and, and the window's shaking a little bit when the drummer, you know, kicks right. in. So there's there's nothing like the, what you get from a live show. But given the circumstance... Um, I think it's the next next best thing that we can do. And I look for the future for it to be a part of the programming. I think that we will um, draw a bigger audience in. Um, we are still very much going to promote Come Out to See a Show. But once that show is sold out, I have a small venue. Right. I would love to push it out, give the artist additional revenue source, Um and just build some awareness of like what we're doing and what's out there and maybe include people, you know, that maybe for maybe their age, maybe mobility issues, maybe, you know, they have young children. These folks can still enjoy a show. Right. And right. we are making a, a huge investment into the hall. We're putting an addition on um, that gives us a little more room in the main hall gives us a gathering space for people to come in and get out of the weather while we're waiting to open the hall. But our main purpose was to make it ADA accessible. I had read about that, right. Yeah, because our restrooms are downstairs. Right. And it's not, it's, you know, there there are just some people that don't want to navigate going up and down the steps. Steps, right. So that's been a big project that I've been working on that COVID has actually given me a little more time. Time to work, to on. work right. on it. See, there are upsides. <laughs> there to all are of this. upsides. I'm always looking for the bright side. Now let's talk about the music scene that you've pulled in around the GAR hall. And uh-huh. you know, obviously tonight Rachel's gonna play and she's sure. she's obviously a regular there. And, she and is. talk about some of the relationships you've developed with, you know, some of the artists um, that that play there all the time. You know, I know Paul Kovac, David Mayfield, yeah. that you have that whole scene. So tell us about how that scene kind of came together and where all those people are drawn from. Well, you know, it, the the music scene is is a family. You know, there and I was I was so taken with when I wanted to start this, how many of them came to me and said we want to help you. Right. We want to help you start this. But um there were a few musicians, Paul Kovac being one of them, and I would say Brent Kirby right. from Cleveland. Um, 
Eric Uricki, who used to be with the Speed Bumps, he right. was a big contributor of just saying, you know, let me introduce you to this person. You know, have you ever thought about doing this? Right. You know, musicians are very eager to share their gifts and their talents and right. what they, you know, what they know. It really is a is a great community that way. And um, I've just never had a musician who hasn't played at the hall who hasn't been grateful to have a space like that to play in. Sure. Because yeah. people come to listen to music. Right. It has a stage. It has right. an elevated stage. So you're not right on the on the ground. Right. Um and I, I just think they appreciate that whole atmosphere that is is there. It's a little um, more of a relationship between the artist and the audience rather than I'm going to go play at a, a microbrewery and right. I'm just kind of background music. They are the star. They are the and, star. Right. Yeah, they they are the star. They they come they they're coming there. People aren't coming to have dinner and their background noise. They're right. coming to see them perform. Right. And and you know that that's the purpose. You know, I th I think the artists are the stars. This the, this next one is a is a bit of a story song, and uh, I wrote this uh, when I was living in this house in Cleveland Heights, and uh, it was just one of those majestic old homes. And uh, this fellow came to the door, and he was like, you know, I lived in this house for 40-some years. I raised my family here. Uh, you know, we were just in town for a family reunion, and we just wanted to drive by and just by chance see if anybody was home. And sure enough, I answered the door. And uh, literally two hours later after talking to this fella, I just fell in love with him and his family and the house even more. And I wrote this song after... Um, after he left, and this is a song called This Old Place. Hi, my name is Tom. I used to live behind this front door. With my beloved Ruby, she's not with us anymore. Hope you don't mind that I stop by. I just happen to be out this way. Sorry about these tears running down my face. This is where we raised our two kids, our Susan, Mary, Jack. Tommy with the number, he never did come back to this old place, this old place. See that garage over there? Pop and I built that back in 63. Man, the fenders on his caddy, but they were something to see. Ruben, I'd hang out on this porch Watching the evening sun Seems like yesterday when our life here begun On our wedding day, I carried Ruby through the door I tripped on the step and we both laughed to the floor This old place 
This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Maybe to just start wrapping things up, like tell us kind of some what some of the plans are for the future. Uh, obviously, we have to get through the COVID situation, and, and we've talked a little bit about the opportunities as well as the challenges of, of the COVID thing. But what do, you see, uh, what do you see for 2021 and beyond for the GAR Hall? Well... Continuing, um, continuing what we're doing, expanding with the live streaming. Um, I see um, the addition is going to take up, you know, it's kind of a perfect time to do this as things are a little bit slower. Right. Um, 
hopefully by by next fall we'll be able to i i organize the music on the porches event with right. the with the village of peninsula right and hopefully we'll be able to to bring that back we missed it this year and right. we we missed that um well my my big picture of what i want to do and it's not necessarily in 2021 but i look to um to partner with the Village of Peninsula, hopefully with the Conservancy for the National Park and the National Park in bringing week-long series of different roots music yeah. genre right. to the village that includes art programming throughout. Village, you know, Village of Peninsula has always had a rich history in the arts. So like you would have a Cajun week, right. you would have a traditional blues week, right. and you would bring people in... You would have a traditional jazz, you know, jazz week, maybe Chicago jazz, right. whatever. Dixieland, you know. whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, whatever whatever you wanted it to be. You'd have a bluegrass week. You'd have an old-time week. And you'd bring pre people in, and you would offer workshops and classes. And then you would also have, like, artists and artists that, treat, that teach crafts. Right. You might have the restaurants feature those dinners. Right. You could have dance elements. So you make it almost a citywide like yeah. thing. I mean, it's everything that you've described about Peninsula seems perfect for, you know, yeah. something like that. And that you have control over so many like venues too, right. like the the Bronson was the it Bronson the, Church. The Bronson Church yeah. and the GAR Hall. I mean, like right. it, that's like a festival organizer's like dream, you know. <laughs> and we and we have, you know, we have some green space area yeah. that we can have different things and you know, you partner with the train, maybe you have a banjo class on the train one <laughs> right. day. I mean, there's there's Does just, the scenic railway go through peninsula? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well there's yeah. something else something else we hadn't even yeah. talked about. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's uh yeah, in fact they have a station right over here, you know, on, on the north side is one of their main hubs, the scenic railroad, and then right. they come back down. Oh yeah. And how close is the towpath trail to peninsula? Oh, it's right in the it middle goes through right it. in it. So right. One of the other things we haven't talked about. Right. This is why you have said two million visitors a year. Yeah. That's you know, right. Every day you got people going through. Every on, day. Uh, and it's, know. yeah, the towpath trail has just brings so many people. And during COVID, Peninsula is booming. Yeah. Everybody's on the trail. trail Everybody's right. wanting to get out to the park because that's something that people feel safe that they can do. You know, you'd they be can out be there outside. selling popsicles or something along the towpath trail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity there, well, right? There's always, there's always this upcoming summer. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how long this sucker's going to hang around, Oh, we sure don't. It's going to be a little while. Well, especially for the in closed space live music yeah. thing. I mean, I, like first thing shut down, last thing open is what everybody's right. saying, you know. So, and I really think at this point, my mindset has been building and staying relevant, right, and supporting art. Karen, I think we have a lot of great information, and okay. I, I appreciate you sitting down with us yeah. and talking about the G. Well, I appreciate hall. you giving me the opportunity. I'd love to talk about the hall. Yeah. I love to talk about music and art and its effect on the community. And uh, yeah, let's just keep it, let's get it back and then make it grow, you know? <laughs> That's a good way to end that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank okay. you. <laughs> what a great episode. My name is Clint Holly. I've been your host today. And what a great interview with Karen James Walters and performances by Rachel Brown as we learn about the G.A.R. Hall in Peninsula, Ohio and how it's one of the building blocks of the Northeast Ohio music scene. I want to take a few moments to thank a few people. Jason Myers, Executive Director of Roots of American Music. Kevin Richards, Artistic Director of Roots of American Music. 
the video and audio crew at Akron Recording Company, the Knight Foundation, the GAR Foundation. All of these people come together to make these podcasts available so you can learn some history and be exposed to some great music. If you're interested in donating to Roots of American Music, visit our website at www.rootsofamericanmusic.org and visit our Facebook page or Instagram page to see all of the great programs that Rome brings to the general public. Have a great day, and until next time, keep on trucking. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.